Mental Health in a Capitalist World, written and recorded by Ramya Pandian, February 4th, 2023, 8.30 a.m. Categorized under Body and Sex, Digital World, Politics and Feminism, Workspace. Read the post on www.ramyapandian.com. Mental Health in a Capitalist World. We are crumbling. The battle for humanity is being waged between the individual and organizations with only one motive, profit. Mental health is the most intimate casualty in this carnage by capitalism. I came across some news about Netflix's new policies on password sharing. The Netflix page explains it as A Netflix account is for people who live together in a single household. This brings up the question of how much right do companies have to determine how we use their offerings, especially when it goes into questions of how we live and describe our lives. Do we necessarily share the intimacy and trust of shared viewing, a la television watching up to the 90s, with our co-inhabitants? Are we really not more in a world where our real family, our tribe, if you will, is not necessarily the people we live with? What about geographically distant but emotionally proximate relationships? Is Netflix purporting to be the arbiter of these decisions the way Facebook has been impacting and manipulating the ways we feel connection to each other? And is it wise to base it on social systems from decades ago? My sense is that Netflix is not even thinking about this. Why would they? Like every other capitalist organization, their sole focus is profit, monetary gain, greater savings. Remember when the word piracy came into popular parlance? Pirates had existed for centuries as the renegade, sometimes romanticized bandits of the sea. Then the 90s brought connectivity, media, and the harbingers of the content revolution with easier, cheaper technology to record and consume. We all realized there was a bigger world of art and culture out there, and it was accessible to more of us, faster and easier. The promise of the very internet was to make information more democratic, more accessible, and that includes affordable to more people. It was a revolutionary idea in a world that for centuries across cultures, has hoarded communication, media, and knowledge, including art and storytelling, as currency of power. The whole notion of piracy is evil happened when music and film publishers decided they wanted not just a larger slice of the bigger pie, but the whole pie itself. People were finding ways to access content without paying the bloated charges imposed and controlled by these industries which already included massive exploitation of the original creators. Look at the promise of e-books and e-readers when they first came in. We were enamored by the thought that books would be cheaper once the entry cost of the device was paid because all manner of logistics and material costs didn't apply. Yet, the average book today has the same price in e-book form as in hard copy form. It has not heard the sales of e-readers or books, but it is debatable whether authors are making more money than they were before. The only ones benefiting are publishers. 
Revolutions begin with the idealists and they end with the capitalists. I have been in severe dental pain for a week and discomfort for about a month before that. I only realized I couldn't go on like this when I woke up with a splitting headache that got worse when I took a sip of water. I had to put all plans on hold to rush to a dentist. I just started a new project and I am concerned that my colleagues will think I'm slacking off and move on to others. This, even though they seem really nice and like people that I would wish to have in my life long after our collaborative work is over. How about if I cry quietly but visibly, but also get all my work done? Will I still be treated with dignity? Will I be deemed worthy of love and respect still? I know I will not. Even though I've kept my word, fulfilled my responsibilities, the bottomless pit of efficiency will find me lacking. It will treat my health issues as suboptimal. It will see the extra effort I made to get the same result and conclude that I could be optimized with a more perfect health. It will not make allowance for the fact that the human body and life itself is too complex for a steady flow of positive output. It will not even recognize factors that do not fit into neat linear descriptions and equations, but deem them useless and hence worthless, even bad. There is no notion of unique experiences adding dimension of the value of patient healing over popping a pill of evolution instead of just bottom line growth. My existence has been boiled down to an equation on my use in churning out steady, tangible profit. I am a citizen of the ROI focused capitalist culture that equates my worth to my productivity. That means the closest thing I've had to feeling loved is to feel productive. To be useless is to be unworthy of love, so I've learned. This includes all the things that are love and cannot be quantified. Empathy, gentleness, generosity, respect, the desire to treat another human being with dignity. I know this is cruel and lacking and when I can, I am battling this. Mostly by examining my own assumptions about other people and myself. It was a lesson that first started coming down hard on me when a dear colleague died. I found myself carrying the grief of 26 people who knew him as a friend and a mentor. I was faced with the realization that he had been unaccountably kind to me behind my back. It made me have to accept the selfishness of my corporate agenda in thinking about people as resources. It is a lesson I've tried, however awkwardly, to embrace in penance for the dehumanizing ways I acted, assuming that the professional meant the impersonal. Since then, I've tried to be a more supportive boss, a more grateful teacher, a more trusting vendor, a more vulnerable performer. This I do even as I battle organizations that don't pay me on time, people who exploit artists, systems that don't value teachers, the dangers of career activism and activists. It feels important, even more important than picking up another impressive entry on my professional profile and fattening my bank balance. The pandemic keeps echoing in my head. How will those vein on the balance between struggling to breathe and exposing loved ones with comorbidities? What are you going to do with all that if a heart attack hits you just like that? 
who and what will catch you if you fall while waiting for an oxygen cylinder and never make it to the hospital gates in those last moments i'm convinced my deepest regrets will come to torture me it will be my moments of inhumanity that see me to my death i would like to soften this thing the sole agenda of capitalism is to make money at all costs and by any means possible it is single minded and makes no room for human development unfair and uncompensated exploitation it is a system with zero checks and balances which means it continues to disproportionately bloat the already bloated while shrinking the already starving nothing else matters including groups that have faced historic discrimination and whose chances of a basic life shrink with every act of greed you see it in the politics of the progress model of my country greed as this system says is good what is this doing to us capitalism benefits large nameless organizations organizations are still run by people this system lets them pretend that their decisions are not really their responsibility or their fault but wallets are owned by individuals and what is it doing to us we are each on an endless treadmill hat tip to black mirror season 1 episode 2 15 million merits there is no time no energy to allow empathy or healing when there's another goal to chase if this sounds too touchy feely think about some other industries that impact each of us even more than an entertainment service the quest for better mental health was turned into a discriminatory malpractice by big therapy the humanitarian efforts that we all participated in and partook of when covid loomed high are now the number crunching domain of big pharma love and other drugs the movie takes a sharp look at the ugliness of big pharma while couched in a sweet rom-com of the 8 billion people on the planet today how many can afford real healthcare and is that a luxury that should be limited to the one person that were born into wealth and or made their exploitative ways into wealth while stepping on the bones of everyone else think about drinking water it is one of the most fundamental living needs big bottled water is hitting the environment with its massive plastic outlay fueling the use and throw notion to tamp down on reuse in a bid to boost repurchase Finally this industry is making potable water something you only deserve if you're rich enough are you sure you'll be rich enough to afford water 20 years from now if you're alive then maybe you'll be working hard on the treadmill to earn it what about your older family members or your small children i'll leave you with that thought because i'm just one individual and i don't have the answers i am rapidly losing ways to choose my life we will all die some day and it looks likely that it will be because we cannot afford to live i would rather go as a human being than as a money maker powered by blood it's the only thing that lets me get out of bed in the morning and get through the day of the life that i am able to afford thank you for listening please leave a comment if you like this at www.ramyapandian.com/mental health in a capitalist world